adult. You shake my bones and you rattle my balls. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so fucking pumped. I'm like, yeah, bitch. Fuck I will, you I will, like. I will do that. I just pretended that was Brian Deegan yeah. with his girlfriend that looks like she gets railed by five Tennessee police officers. <laughs> choo choo. <laughs> It's just a non-stop cyclone of just, holy shit. Yeah. Welcome to row one, seat one. Okay, there we go. There we go. There it is. Did you wait to put it live? Just like a half a second, yeah. Because I had to get you situated in the proper proper space. There you go. Volume. It's just yeah, you and yeah, it's yeah. just you and Von Miller. And you're Va- Vaughn, who may be taking half a year off. And you're still way over the you know, slide that what way a little fuck? bit more. I moved over like three times. Much better. I like that right there. There you go. Now you're with it, Sean. Thank you everybody for joining us. Joey Fats Radio Row One Seat One. Live on the one, the only, the new Bedford Guide. Thank you all for joining us on this glorious Tuesday evening, June the sixth. Uh, the 79th anniversary of D-Day. Wow. No shit. The Allied invasion of Normandy in France made uh, so popular and uh, made so famous in uh, the opening scene of Saving Private Ryan for those that aren't history buffs like myself. Uh, I mean, who doesn't know D-Day, though? You'd be surprised. Who over the age of 30 doesn't know D-Day? You'd though? be surprised. Damn. You'd be really. I tried. I was like, mm, unfortunately, maybe, maybe you'd be keys. really, 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 really surprised. There's a lot of people that don't know a lot about history. Listen, I'm no history buff. I'm. I'm. I don't love history. I know the important parts. You'd be surprised. It's pretty bad, but uh, it is a. Uh, it is a day. You know, it's 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 one of those days you. Uh, you think back to, uh, or you think of when it when it rolls around every year, and you think back to what took place on that day on those beaches in Normandy and in France, and the absolute just pandemonium, chaos, and atrocities that were witnessed by those men that, you know, jumped out of those planes, survived? left those boats, stormed the beaches, and you know conquered a true evil in the world. You know that was the. Uh, that was the, the the major turning point, you know, one of the major turning points of that war. And uh, without those men and that the greatest generation, you know, who knows what where would we, where we'd be today? That's that's very true. And you know, there was I'm not sure what comedian had said it a while back, not to turn it into a joke, but they said, think about this. They said the world that we know it has been through two world wars. They were both started by Germans. The Germans were the only people in humankind to be like, we can beat the rest of the world by ourselves. And they did that twice. And I was like, wow, I never thought of that. And it was a comedian making that joke. And he's just like, he's like, and even Germans understand why they're the villains in every movie, even today. They're like, your people are, your people are just usually the ones who start shit. And they're just like, yeah, that's a good point. Oh, I mean, dude, look at every every 80s action movie. It was like, the, it, was, it was the Germans. Die Hard. Even now. Uh, they're bringing back like all all the villains in a lot of like action movies are German based villains, and they're like, "I am the Grand Kid." I don't know, Schwarzenegger. Yeah, but like, well, like he was the, Austrian, so the, you know. I know. And his dad was potentially a Nazi sympathizer or a Nazi, depending on what you Nazi read. supporter. Sure. Um, well, I mean, did you have a choice back then, though? I mean, some people didn't. His dad probably did not. His dad was probably like, "You you belong to Nazi Germany now," and he was like, "Okay." 
I mean, I'm not saying it was right, but at the same time, it's like, you know, they didn't have like the Internet. And he things had, like he that. had a family. Not that I think that would have actually benefited anybody, but, you know, you had to do what you had to do to survive back then. Uh, and it was it's awful. But they have a, a movie coming out. Um, it's based on a true story, obviously, in which a, a woman like f- finds help as a young girl from a handicapped kid and it's from the Germans attacking them. A lot of German stuff is back out now about uh, like Germans being bad guys again, and it's not because of anything that's happened. It's just they just like to reuse that because it's effective it's cyclical. Stuff. I mean, it's and it's they're easy targets because you Indiana know. Jones, the new movie's coming out. Oh, Indiana yeah. Jones is eighty-seven years old, or however yeah. old fucking Harrison Ford is, and still the fight, villains still fighting Nazis. The, the villain Germany, and like and like, but actually, like real Nazis though, yes, not like yes. not like the today Nazis where it's like, oh, you don't you don't you don't agree that. Uh, women can be men and men can be women. You're a Nazi, not that, not that, yes, yes, not, yes. Not that kind of. We're Nazi. talking about we're talking about like the real, yeah, the real Nazis, the ones that did like the real evil shit, the real yeah. bad shit. Yeah. So, uh, because it was D Day, I turned on my TV today and they had um, a Band of Brothers marathon going, which was if you've never seen the Band of Brothers, I read the book in college, and then uh, the then the series came out right after I was done reading the book. Really depressing. And, um, Absolutely fantastic, fantastic series. If you've never seen it, storytelling wonderful, but just like knowing that that is true or true-ish, horrible. It's very true. According to the book, I mean the the series doesn't stray too far from the book. Right. You don't get the in-depth knowledge of the of the characters, the guys that it's you know from Easy Company like you do in the book, but from the series. But the series just kind of lays it out in you know more or less layman's terms for everybody to understand, and it was absolutely. Phenomenal watch, and uh, the first episode I I put on was when they're uh, they're jumping out of the par- uh, out of the planes into 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 France mm-hmm. the night before or the morning of D Day. It was it was the morning of it was yeah it was right at like midnight. It was like the morning of whatever. Yep. So middle of the night they're jumping in on Jan you know June fifth. They're like all right let's go, and like me I have like this fear of flying anyway. I hate flying like I just don't like being in like I don't like being in vehicles I'm not in control of. Okay, and, my, my dad's the same way. My dad, well, my dad has never flown and won't fly for that reason because he doesn't want someone. To, he doesn't want his destiny in someone else's hands. Yeah, it's a little nerve wracking. Yeah, and even though I know the guy who's up front is probably a trained military veteran, whatever. Everyone makes mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes. Those guys still have hangovers. They still forget their medication. They can still have heart attacks, strokes, uh, moments of lapse of judgment. Sure. You know, whatever. It, I it, get that. They're human. And it's it's a scary thought. So when I fly, you know, I usually tend to go. I usually tend to heavily medicate, you know, self medicate, obviously, mm-hmm. um, with my favorite medication of choice. And uh, when I watched, when you watch the scene in that, uh, I think it was episode two of Band of Brothers of the of the the original series, and they're they're flying over France, and the anti aircraft fire is, you know coming up the flak and all the shit and everything yes, else. Yes. And they're in those and they're in the planes. It's like that to me is what those men did. Like, I don't have the balls to do that. Like these were 19, 18, 19, 20 year old men who are flying over, flying on it basically in, on a suicide mission, knowing mm-hmm. full well that there was a damn good chance they weren't coming back. Mm-hmm. And for them to do what they did and then carry out that mission and still, and not only, carry it out but succeed i mean just it, how it had to have been one of the more harrowing things to be in a plane where you're basically a sitting duck 
and you're just flying over and you're just hoping to God your plane isn't the one that gets hit. Yes. And you would see, you know, there's videos real time, like old time videos from World War Two. Lights up the sky. You don't, you don't of see anything. Planes getting shot down like a plane will lose a wing. It'll get hit with flak, lose a wing. It'll as it's dropping, it like shears off the tail wing of another plane below it. And you're like, and guys are just jumping out. You're like, there's 56, 56 lives just lost like that. Yeah. And you're like. And guys are Holy literally just shit. jumping out, trying to get away from both the planes, and then pull their chute and hope not to get hit by something else. And then hope not to get hit by falling debris, fire, or anti-aircraft fire. fire, or whatever. And or, then, or the guys on the ground yeah. shooting up. Well, that's what I'm saying. The anti-aircraft fire that's yeah. coming up at you. No, no, no. even the, even the, the just the regular troopers on the ground who are trying to stop the paratroopers from coming down. And oh still yeah, kill them. Yeah, yeah. So it's just well, like, yeah. yeah, then, yeah right. then you get close enough to the ground and you're like, oh right. There's a bunch of pissed off Nazis down here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're in war. Holy shit. Right. And then you hit the ground and then like, okay, you're on the ground. And it's like, well, now the game begins. Mm -hmm. Like you just survived the first level, bud. You know what I mean? Like, and it just it, it that get those scenes get my anxiety going in a way that like I can't even fathom. Like, I don't know. Obviously, like the, the storming of the beach was a whole nother thing. For whatever reason, like that part, even though you probably had, I don't know, like I don't know what what pro like the probabilities of who survived more. I don't think it was good either way. No, it wasn't. I mean, forty four hundred lives were lost in the invasion. You know, it wasn't exactly a. Uh, but Steven Spielberg killed it when that opening scene, Saving Private Ryan. I mean, that was horrible choice of wording there, but like he gave, like he interviewed real men that survived D Day and, and and the invasion of Normandy and coming out to the beach. And he said they were literally men throwing up on each other, like just from anxiety, stress, like like fear, everything. I mean, you're pushing the human body and mind to its absolute limit when yes. you're when you're talking about doing what we did in 1944. Yes, I, and it was just insane. I mean, tactically, I mean, it's still the largest invasion in in the history of mankind. Oh, amphibious God. invasion. The new Christopher Nolan movie coming out, Oppenheimer. It's about. Looks fantastic. By the way, speaking of, of, of that movie, Christopher Nolan came out today and said he didn't believe in using um, CGI for the, the nuclear explosion. And I had to read that three times to understand, is he saying he wanted to blow up, like use an actual like nuke to get the film? But no, I, they're using like old-time footage and they're just like remastering it. Okay. But it threw because I read that like, He's not saying what I'm thinking he's saying, because I'm thinking of, like, maybe he's going to use a small bomb and just blow a bunch of shit up. But no, no, he's using old footage of nukes going off, testing it, and he's going to put that into the movie and, like, fucking IMAX-sized screen. I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. I saw the trailer for that a couple weeks ago, and I was like, sign me up. As soon as I saw it, I was like, sign me up. True story. If nobody knows the story of Oppenhe Oppenheimer, it's basically how the United States created and invent uh, invented the, atom bo the nuclear bomb and then testing it. And then I think while testing it, several people died of radiation poisoning while making it. We had very limited tests before we actually used it. Yes. Uh, because, the, you know, it was a testing. I think because like a lot of the testing took place after we dropped the initial one. Because the first one went off on August 6, 1944, yep. was Hiroshima. And it was after that is when, you know, the, night, the, the 50s were like... Because that was the arms race with the, with the Soviets. That was the, you know, the, spark, the start of the Cold War. And... It's just it was a fascinating time. I mean, I've watched documentary upon documentary, read books upon books that I get about into because that kind just... of stuff. Because I mean, I, I remember one year, one night, about a year ago, and I was watching. Uh, it was I just uh, for whatever reason, Chernobyl had come back up. It was like the year anniversary of Chernobyl being re re released. The uh, HBO, series. HBO series, yeah. And I'm watching 
So I go through and I'm watching like all these documentaries on YouTube, uh, all these videos about like, you know, like how you it was, may like this, how, yeah. how, how it was accurate, yes. what they missed, what they didn't miss, mm-hmm. what they got right, what they didn't get right. Next thing you know, it's 3.30 in the morning and I got a notebook in front of me. I'm sitting downstairs at my bar and I got a notebook in front of me and I'm watching a YouTube a lecture from MIT on nuclear physics. And I'm sitting there with my notebook and I'm jotting down notes and I'm like, it's 3.30 in the morning. I'm like, I'm looking at myself and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? You're like, in class. First of all, I'm like, I've never taken, like, I barely passed physics in high school. And now I'm here trying to understand, like, nuclear physics. But I watched the full hour and a half lecture on YouTube. I didn't go I'm to sure bed until compelling. almost 5 in the morning. It was fascinating shit. Because imagine going to college courses and you skip out all that fucking salad and breadsticks, all that bullshit. And they're like, oh, welcome to the class. We're going to be doing this. And you got to want that fucking shit. And you get, right, the meat and potatoes. you get right to the fucking filet, right? Yeah. You get to the filet and it's like, here's a nuclear bomb and here's how they dissected it and made it. And, and you're like, this is unbelievable. Like, if they just did that with most classes, I think more people would be interested in actually learning about a lot of shit as opposed to right. all the filler. Right. That's, and that's, yeah, that's a whole other rant for a whole other day because, yeah. Jesus Christ, college might be one of the biggest, might be the third biggest scam going. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, if you if you've never seen Band of Brothers, I highly encourage you to watch it. Even though it's a, it's uh it's pretty old at this point. I mean, shit, that came Whoa, out in twenty five years three oh four. No, I f- really? Yeah, I think I it, was, it was even longer than that. So it's twenty years old now. It's at least it's close to twenty, if not more. It's been around for a while. Like it came out a while ago because I was a freshman in college when I watched it. Isn't that crazy? To but say? it was already available on rental from Blockbuster. That's how old it is. Like, like, isn't it crazy to think about? And I, you, I'm sure you hear these analogies all the time. The, the, the difference between today and the early 2000s for us was the same for when we were, like in 1992, and the people were talking about like the disco era. 1972, yeah. Yeah, and I was yeah. just like, what? Like, it's so that's so strange to me. It's wild, dude. It does not feel like 2003 to 2023 that much has changed. But then you go back and you read everything, and you're like, that's a lot of shit that's changed. Lots changed. Yeah. I mean, we could not do this in 2002. What we're no, doing? Right God now. no, no. It'd be literally old-time radio. Here we are in Studio <laughs> 6. <laughs> and these Rough Riders really giving these Rough Riders run for their money. <laughs> Here comes ODB. Uh, 774-992-8702 is the phone number if you want to give us a call. We're going to get into uh, the NBA Finals. We're going to get into a little bit of the NBA offseason, the rumors that are swirling. Um, we're going to get into the major breaking news of the day, Live. And the PGA are merging. We should start off with that. Oh, we're leading with that. Because that's uh, fucking crazy to me. We'll talk a little NFL offseason. We'll get into a little bit of this and that. Uh, and uh, we'll get into some major league umpires getting what getting what they had coming because they suck. Um, we'll do the Motorsports Minute. We'll talk a little bit of betting. And uh, we'll be out. It's going to be a quick show tonight. Probably uh, less, you know, a little hour, maybe a little more. Maybe a little less. Who knows? We'll see how, uh, yeah. we'll see how the night goes. But... Uh, Let's lead off with that, Sean. So, obviously, the big major breaking news of the day today was the Live Golf Tour is merging with the PGA. Now, wasn't it just about a year ago that, that we were talking about them splitting? Yes. Yes. Live Golf, all the guys leaving, poaching everybody, getting all these big names. Yep. Now there's a lot. This is this is a this onion's got a lot of layers to it. So we're going to try to go through them here one at a time. Mm-hmm. Now the first one is kind of the most shocking one uh, because well let's 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 preface it the way we pro- we, we we should properly. 
The guys that stayed in the PGA did not go to live because they believed that this they they had a moral objection to the Saudi Arabian backed league. We talked about it. That's and true. the Saudi Arabian, you know, uh the Saudis committing atrocious acts of, you know, oh, yeah. violence against people and doing their own you know, people killing media members in their country. Crazy like, music, right. All kinds of shit. They basically Jamal Khashoggi being the most prominent, popular, you of know, course. Most, you know, and you well remember known that, story. They they straight up killed that man and they covered it up and nobody and they got something of the rug so bad that you never heard of it again. And no yep. nothing happened of it. So that was the more so there was a moral objection from these golfers to go to go about going to live that they just didn't they did not want to uh they didn't want to go to live because they didn't want to have to they they're like well we're not giving the Saudis money which i found hilarious because most of them were sponsored by like Nike or whatever and it's like okay well you're you're taking money from Nike who gets you know most of their shit done in China where they're carrying out genocide against Uyghur Muslims but hey neither here nor there whatever do you i mean i sit here like i i can sit here and say like okay if you're going to not take money from the Saudis, but you're going to take money from China. To me, that's two sides of the same coin, brother. Like you're just you're just picking and choosing now. Yes, they are. You know, who you think is uh, more on the moral up and up? Uh, which I hate to break it to you, both of them are pretty big pieces of shit. So get your money wherever it comes from. Get your money. Do what you gotta do, but don't sit here and high and you know high horse it. Like, you know, you're you're somehow better than us or you, you've got the you know, you're somehow, you know, above taking money from Saudi Arabia. Uh, that's not the case. So the hypocritical aspect of this whole thing was was I mean, it was so transparent from the get go and we saw it from the get go. We just knew what we were like, OK, yeah, no, like you're making all these claims, you're doing all these things. We know you're full of shit. Now I knew that you knew that Paul knew that. Oh, Paul! Paul's not with us tonight. He's uh, he's got training for work uh, this week, so he's he's uh, unavailable uh, for the show. But the whole facade of trying to care about human rights and like take this moral high ground and not joining Live was bullshit. And Donald Trump called it about a year ago, or a little less than a year ago. On Truth Social, I, I should have grabbed uh, a I, screenshot of the tweet. Yeah, I didn't even know he talked of, about it. He, and he said, you know, he basically told all the PGA players, when the Live PGA merger takes place, inevitably, because it's going to, you're going to feel stupid. Take the money now, because this is there's going to be a merger down the line regardless. It's It's inevitable. The only difference is the guys who go to live are going to be coming back to the PGA event with, you know, a couple hundred million dollars in their back pocket. And that is exactly, exactly what is happening right now. So the commissioner of the PGA, can't think of his name right now. Uh, it was early today. It was all over the news. Warner? No. I can't think of his name. Warner, maybe you're right. Maybe it is Warner. Okay. Let's just say it's Warner right now while you look it up. He last year guilt tripped everybody and played the nine eleven card. That was the most like offensive. Mo- Monahan, thing. Jay Monahan, Jay Monahan. Thank you. Jay Monahan played the nine eleven card and said, "Hey, you know what? You never had to apologize for being a PGA player. 
kind of like you're gonna have to apologize for for being a live player. Yeah. Threw that out there and tried shaming anybody that signed up with Liv. Anybody was like, you know what? You're taking your money. Good for you. But are, are you really proud of yourself? Are you really proud of what you're doing? Now, today, as soon as the merger talk, Mazel Tov! Like, it's, everyone's happy. Like, no big deal. Dude, it was, it's, in, it's insane to me, the 180 that they did. Because here's the thing. Jay Monahan didn't. He didn't stab the PGA players in the back. He stabbed them right in the fucking face. Um, in the throat, more likely. Because he 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 went. He told them. You know, he played the nine eleven card, made all yep. these things, made all this, all these decisions. You know, while we're talking about this, I'm gonna go download that video because I like not us just saying the nine eleven card. It's not hitting home. You have to read his body language. You have to see him say sure. it. He looks like an upset parent at like their high school student, like. I'm not mad. I'm just incredibly disappointed in you. Like that's the mm-hmm. the tone, the body language, and that was the facade that they put on on the PGA. They knew, and we knew this was going to happen. We knew that the Live and PGA were not going to be able to coexist. Either one was going to die quick, or they were going to merge, and the merger ended up being the 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 logical choice. But the fucked up part of this whole thing is that Jay mm-hmm. Moynihan didn't even tell the PGA players no. they were merging with Live. They found out the same time as everybody else. News break, and it's. And it's it it's there's a uh, that documentary the the golfing documentary for Netflix. Uh, I forget what it's called. I can't think of what it's called right now uh, off the top of my head. But they're filming the second season right now. I don't know what that and is. They What's tweeted, the golfing documentary? They right? tweeted out, "Hell yes, we were filming Rory when the news broke." <gasps> Rory McIlroy. Yes. Yeah. Because if you remember, he was one of the most outspoken ones about joining the Live League. And now all these live guys that took all that money up front. I mean, think about this. Tiger Woods turned down, what, $900 million, almost a billion dollars. That motherfucker should have took it. To join live. He got no money. And now all the live guys just get to come back in and play all the PGA events like, hey, guys, what's up? You knew as soon as a live player won one of the PGA tournaments that it was going to be, oh, we got to fucking merge because we can't have this. This is a bad look for us. And that happened like not too far after. But you knew Brooks Kepka was going to win a tournament at some point. Yes. You knew like Phil Mickelson was still capable. You knew that those guys, uh, uh, what's it, Justin Thomas or whatever, you knew that those guys were capable of winning tournaments. It was only a matter of time before they won a, uh, you know, one of the non-PGA events like the Masters or whatever. And... You know, they this was this was always going to be a problem. Why nobody else or why people seem to willfully believe that this was just gonna like fix itself or Liv was gonna die because oh it's a stupid format or oh it's stupid, you know, nobody likes it, whatever. And I'm not gonna lie, I the only reason I, I never watched the Live event because I didn't know where to find it. We didn't have access to it unless you had like satellite TV. Yeah, like I didn't, I didn't know how to find it on television. Nobody was carrying it, so it was like I'm not. I mean, I could steal it. No, it's its own network. You had to pay for it. Well, I could go on Sports Surge and oh, you know yeah, whatever sure. steal it. But like I'm I just, not. I send it to the chat. Box. I'm not that. I'm not that guy. Like I'm not. I'm not one to. Uh, I'm not above stealing streams, but streams are stolen. Streams are stolen. Streams. The quality is what you pay for. Yeah, it's cam quality. And a lot of times the streams freeze. They 
they fuck up, like you got to reload them. And to sit there and do all that from a remote, it's just it's a tremendous pain in the ass. An ad pops up about flashlights. Yeah, and you're just like, dude, I'm not, I'm not doing. No, I'd rather. I don't want to watch this right now. I'd rather just pay the sixty bucks and get it on pay per view. If like if you're that interested in it, then do that. But if you're not, if like in most honestly, most events, like you know, like how many UFC fights a year do I watch? Maybe one. Maybe one it depends again it depends on the name exactly conor mcgregor he's fighting soon now Might if it's worth it if, it if it was you know if i'm home on a saturday night and the fight's on and it's free and it's just on television yeah i'll okay, put it on free on tv whatever it's background I, I, noise. I would put it on and i would watch it but if i gotta go like i'm not gonna take the time to like go through and like find the stream and get it and put it on my team no, like it's a waste, no. waste of your time i don't care that much no. i don't care that much about the ufc to begin with not because it's not a great product it is i just it's not my cup of tea but it's and also you don't like there's always new fighters and you don't know anybody so you're not emotionally invested into any of the into any of the fighters you, you, you're not going to say characters because yeah, but you're right though. I'm merging the wrestling world, which is going to happen. It's, Endeavor is happening. Where it's happening. Um, it's already happening. So you might see guys come out with entrance musics and Titan Trons and all this shit, and that'd be cool because you can get emotionally invested. What did the I? Guy. What did I always say about the UFC? We've always said it. If they did WWE style walkups and entrances, and then got in the cage and went fucking actually fought each other. Yeah, and then actually cut real promos and talk shit about each other like they really do. I'm like that now. would be fucking awesome. Yes. Add some pyro. Yeah. Some guys come up with flames like the Undertaker. Now it's like now all of a sudden like all right, well now I gotta watch this. Like you know, fucking Undertaker's fighting Razor Ramon and they've been talking shit for three <laughs> months. It's like, get me in. Yeah, I want to. I want to see this. It's you know, that makes it worth it. Joey Fats Radio, row one, seat one. What's going on, boys? What's happening? Durant. What's going on? Oh, you know, it's just another Tuesday night, living the dream. Talking sports here on Row 1C1. Word, word. Yeah, I caught you on uh, the golf talk a little bit, and uh, I figured I'd come in, squeeze in a little basketball. Oh, God damn it. I think I was going to talk about do- uh, golf talk. I was like, wow, Durant with golf talk. Do you know? Do you know? Nah, do you watch anything about golf? I can't really golf? talk about too much yeah, in that right. department. Well, what, well, how do you feel? Well, before, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna force you to talk about it before we get to basketball. So, do you All know right, about sure. do you know about the live deal? And do you know about PGA? Do you know PGA is like the main golfing sport? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Live golf last year at this time was basically a Saudi run, Saudi paid for secondary league, which they went and then bought a bunch of the players. So think of it like a, like any other any other sport. They bought a bunch of the guys, and then the PGA commissioner came out and said, you know what? You guys should be really embarrassed about yourself because you guys are taking Saudi money, and we all know about 9/11 and pulled the 9/11 card, basically saying like you're you're giving money to terror, you're taking money from terrorists uh, to play golf. There was a story. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Now, now, do you not agree with that? Because that's what I would. Nah, I I thought that was I thought that was a little bit of a like 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 a fuck you move. And the reason why we all kind of talked about that last year, it was first of all, it wasn't the Saudis. That fucking <laughs> did nine eleven, so that was like that was like kind of like. Oh, um, wait! I said kinda. Okay, I know it's a lot of the money's connected through oil and all that bullshit. I get it, but it wasn't like directly like the Saudis that did nine eleven. Like that was like a very like sort of racist yeah. comment. Secondly, secondly, if someone is telling you, "Hey, I know you can earn twenty five million dollars a year doing PGA stuff," right? What if we paid you two hundred million? And I'm not even exaggerating with those numbers. They really went from like twenty million to how about two hundred million? 
And some of these so guys are like these players for more money. You're saying not even more money, like like eight and ten times the, the amount of money they were already getting. All they had to do is play golf. All they had to do is support a different brand. That's it. So uh, Durant, imagine Derek Carr is yeah, a free I Derek Carr is a free agent. That's a that's a big business decision at the end of the day. Derek you know? Carr is a free I agent. Mean, the Raiders offer him ten million. All of sports, you know. It's yeah. The Raiders offer Derek Carr ten million. The New Orleans Saints offer him two hundred million. He's like, no, no offense, Oakland. I'm getting the fuck out of here for for hundred and ninety million more dollars. Well, yeah, I mean Francis Nagano was a pretty big face to UFC. He just signed with fucking PFL. Whatever league he signed with, I believe it was. He um, he left UFC because they couldn't come to an agreement. He asked for a ton of money. He asked for straight up as the champion. He's like, I want to get paid this. Dana White right. and, and, and the he owner doesn't said no. Sell fights. He doesn't sell fights like a Conor McGregor. I heard you guys talking about it before. It's yeah. just, you know, like, right. yeah, like that's what it matters you know, about. For yeah. the most part, like people, ROI, return people on investment. Watch, you know, they want to see the drama, hear the big names and, you know. Listen, if Connor if Connor's fighting, I'm watching. Like, I, and not only am I watching, but like I might even bang out of work to watch that on a Saturday night. You know what I mean? Like that's that's the draw. It's like when Brock Lesnar yeah, would fight. John Jones is another big deal. I mean, he came back Huge. and just mocked Serio Bond. Listen, and, and love, I I, I love I, I love John Jones as a like you know when I've watched him, I, he's he's phenomenal. I know I know everything like about how I know about uh, uh, all about how great he is. Yeah. But I'm not calling out of work and wasting eight hours of sick time and then spending a hundred bucks on a pay per view to watch John Jones fight. How, but I would do that for Conor McGregor. How would you feel and, about and, and John Jones, as far as a fighter goes, is a much better fighter than Conor McGregor. Right. How would you feel about no, a cross no, no, fight? I get it. I get it. You know, Conor's more entertaining. That's just it's not know, even that he's it, yeah, he's just he he draws he's there's more there's more drama. There's more interest. I'll, I'll watch the. I'll watch a lot of the other fights as well. Right. You know? I mean, like you I said, mean, like you know, I haven't when, as as much uh, of lately, but you know. Well, it's like when uh, when when he fought Khabib. You know what I mean? Like I I didn't I didn't give a shit. I don't. Right. I still don't know. Or who hey, Masvidal is. is another name. You know, he's another. You know, oh. he kind of faded down the stretch, but you know, he was still entertaining towards the end. He I mean, I know. I, I, I know the name. He, I know the name, but I don't know who the hell Masvidal is. I, I have no idea. Couldn't even tell you what country he's from. I have no fucking. Believe clue. it or not, he was. Um, he was. He actually goes way back to like the, uh, like the street fighting days with. Um, Kimbo. What's his name? Kimbo, yes. No you. shit. Yeah, yeah. But not yeah, he, not to the same degree. Well, no, 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 not to the same degree. But he was in that that mix. You know, he he comes from that background, like back in the day shit. That like original what the what the, what the UFC was originally was supposed fights, to be. Right. Yeah, with no gloves were worn in the face. You know, back when, like, Tank Abbott would come out and he was just like, I'm a brawler. Well, dude, if you remember back in the old UFC days before, like, I remember being a kid, like, being, like, 8, 9, 10, and my dad would, like, order those, like, fights, and they'd come on at 11 p.m. It would be 11 to, like, 2 a.m., right? And it was me, my grandfather, my uncle, and, and, and my dad. And I'd be downstairs, because we lived in a tenement at the time, I'd be downstairs with, with uh, my grandfather's side. And we'd be watching these fights. I remember watching Ken Shamrock and Tank Abbott kill each other, bare knuckles. Mm-hmm. And I mean... Tank Abbott had this man dead to rights because he was just a fucking knockout barroom brawler. And that was literally what he said. He goes, I have no training fighting. He goes, I just throw fists as hard as I can, and that's how I fight. And then I'd see other guys, like there would be a guy that would carry a cross to the ring because he believed he was a fighter of Jesus Christ. And then he would fight this like 
six hundred pound jujitsu dude from like Korea. Yeah, I know that guy. Because yeah, I don't know it was his name all was, but... it was all tournament based, and they right. all fought yeah, like one night. Back then, they didn't even do the weight classes, which was actually like pretty sick. You had this like huge monster fighting the little guy. Yeah. Like, yeah, and let me tell you. Um, and when they when they say styles make fights, oh boy! The, and the Gracie family, <laughs> the 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 all, all the jujitsu families that got in there, and they finally got in there, like the Shamrocks, the Gracies. Um, I'm forgetting another name, and I, I apologize, but like they all came out on top because they would just grapple the guys to the ground. Right. Oh, it became a ground game, and it was, everyone was done. Right, and that's when BJJ became like a mainstream thing, and people were like, oh. Yeah, but to answer your question, Sean, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd probably agree with you. I'd probably say that that's a low blow. I, you know, it, it's guy took more money. I mean, how do you, you know? I mean, I and, would ask Joe as well. Uh, which, what's your take on on that situation? Me personally, if someone's gonna offer me ten times what I'm making right now at my job, I would take it, and I would feel bad about it later. If it, like worst comes to worst, I'll feel bad about it later, but I'll set my family up. Forever, you know Absolutely. what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, what's way, your take on it, Joe? I mean, listen. At the end of the day, dude. Like, I, I get, I, I understand, probably more than most people actually, because I inundate myself with politics and world politics and what's going on outside. And I, I, oddly enough, like I listen to more political talk radio and and podcasts than I do sports. You know. And yeah, see, I, I'm actually the complete opposite, man. I live in my little sports world, and yeah, and that's and that's, it, and that's fine. Every well, time I turn on Fox or CNN, like at work, it's just always like something, something bad, negative. Always, well, well, you can't watch the news; it's always negative. And and it's not to say that you know politics aren't, but it's always you know one side trying to paint the other as the devil, and and the, you know the truth is usually somewhere in between. But you learn to cipher through, like, kind of what you know, sift through what uh, what's what's what, and. So I understand what the Saudis have done. I, I know what their history is. I know what, you know, I know about the ties to 9-11. I know about Jamal Khashoggi, who a lot of people have no idea who the fuck that is, but you can go Google him and, and it'll explain it all. And I'm not trying to Alex Jones you, but that's what, that's, I don't have time to sit here and, and go through all the details of it. I know what, but on the flip side of the coin, you know, I look at the NBA, the money that they're taking from China and Nike and all these other countries that make all their products in China on the back of the Uyghur Muslims who are being enslaved and, and you know, genocided. And it's like nobody has a problem taking money from China, but all of a sudden you take money from the Saudis and it's like you got a problem with that. And it's like, whoa, 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 hold on. Like you can't have it both ways. Like either you're you're adamantly yeah. against like these crimes and these these atrocities that th these countries are carrying <laughs> out against their own people yeah. or you're not. And for me, for me, no, for no, it's fine. For me, for me, like, there's no difference in taking money from Nike and taking money from the Saudis to play and lift. There really, there's no, there's no distinction there to me, because it's right. it's the same thing. You're taking dirty money. Nike makes all their money because they manufacture all their shit in China and. <laughs> And they do it on the and they do it on the bat at the at the expense of of these enslaved this enslaved sect of people, yeah. And the Chinese, the CCP, is just as dirty and ruthless and filthy as the Saudis are, but the NBA has no problem going over there and tapping into that market and making billions of dollars. But then all of a sudden, you're supposed to tell these golfers who are who are, are going to make life changing money, and I mean I'm not saying like life changing money. I'm saying like they're going to go from making like 
all right, yeah, I'm making a good money, good money on tour as a professional right. athlete, professional athlete. It's like Sean said, get if you're fuck making you eight money. to ten times more than what you're making now, you're expected to get to take the bag. Yeah, and you take the money, dude. And I, I, have, I don't blame any one of the guys that went to live for taking the money because you know why? You know why? Because the fact that the Live League was willing to pay out that much money, and the PGA was still paying peanuts to these guys that were st- that stuck with them, mm-hmm. just goes to show you that the PGA could be shelling out more money, but they're not. They choose not to. And I think a lot of these. I think Graham made a good point, but I I made a counterpoint to him in the chat. He's saying he understands a lot of the lower end guys taking that deal, but not the higher end guys. I'm not even sure how much Phil got paid by Liv, but I can tell you this much. I I can tell you a lot of those high end guys that have connections at the PGA probably know that the PGA is very hypocritical and knew that if the PGA was offered that kind of money to be like working with Liv, they would have taken it too. So they just took it flat out. So I think it's more of a... We know you're upset because we're leaving you when we could be when you could be paying us more and just you know not be bitches about. Phil it. got two hundred million from Liv. I feel like that's a common number from Liv. They were just like, "Who wants two hundred million dollars?" And they just signed everybody. Hey, it, it is what it is. But um, yeah, getting over to some basketball. Uh, we, we, I mean, what do you guys think? I I, mean, I, I was I kind of changed my tune. I think Miami's gonna find a way to do this, man. I think uh, Denver's gonna blow this i don't know Den- denver they've plays never so been well here. they've oh, never been here still i don't know i was very surprised to see that comeback honestly they were and even then, in the first game they were hanging around all game well, and that, that was after going a seven game series with boston the he always the he always hangs around like they, they are they're a good disciplined team they yeah, play hard. Works. Yeah, they play hard, and I really like. As even though they beat the Celtics, and I I would rather have Denver win. That's just me being spiteful. I really respect that it's three undrafted players playing their hearts out and and competing against guys who are like MVPs in the league and and like in like championship material. That's something you can really hang your head on and be like really proud of. Like Eric Spolster yeah. should be very proud of of being like the coach he is and and bringing this team to where they are. That's like draft. That's like having a team in the Super Bowl that's all undrafted players, and you have like one star player. It's gonna be a player. great series, man. Game two was great. Came down to the last shot. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I said it. I said it last week. This series is gonna go at least six or seven games. Honestly, um, I hope it no, does because no I want to. I want to see more of these two teams. And closes out in five. This, this series is gonna go six or seven games. I'm still sticking with Denver wins it. I love Miami. They are the most tenacious team I've seen in a long time. They have a lot of uh, like 04 Pistons vibes to them that I just yeah. they 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 function as a unit. They beat you with defense. You know, they don't have to have a great scoring night to beat you, but when they need to, they can. I just see I just I look at Denver and I just think Denver is just they're on another level. And I know they slipped up and they had the one mishap game. You know, uh, where uh, the other night where they lost, but I, I think they come back and I think they take a two-one lead tomorrow night. And like you said, Durant, I don't think they're winning three straight. I think it's going at least six. Yep. But I, I wouldn't. Denver will steal one in Miami. I believe we'll be two-two going in back into Denver. Yeah, I think it'll be. I think it'll be Denver. It'll be two-two Denver, and then I think Denver puts puts it away in six. I would love for it to go seven because. I mean, who wouldn't? Who doesn't love Game Seven of the NBA Finals? I mean, honestly, 
that would just be the bee's fucking knees. We haven't had a game seven in the finals in, in a while. And I just think that would be phenomenal. It'd be just such a good time to watch to see who shows up in the in game seven of the finals. Jimmy Butler, Joker, yeah. Jamal Murray, Bam. Like that, no I just no one on Denver has any finals experience. He have like five or six players, I believe. I mean, I get what you're saying. I I I, I get that point. They've you know Miami's been here before, but Miami's never closed the deal before. Not this current roster. They haven't. They you know they've never closed that deal either. So while they've been there and know what to expect and how to handle it, I guess, a little bit better, I don't know. I just think at the end of the day, talent wins out in the NBA, and the better team rarely loses a, a seven-game set. And I think Denver is just – they got the best player in the league, and I, got, I think they got the better, deeper team. Yeah. I, I, I said it last week. I think Jimmy Butler is the most locked-in player of anyone in this series. I think Jimmy Butler is going to be holding up that trophy. How old is Jimmy Butler? I would love to see it. I mean, Jimmy, I I don't know. It could be in six at home on the home floor. Listen, I don't know that there's a more deserving player in the league right now than Jimmy Butler. Damn, Jimmy Butler's 34. You know what I mean? Like, Jimmy Butler's been around for a minute, and he's been that dude. He's that guy. Like, it's hard to root against him. And, you know, one of my buddies the other day, he he said it. He said, uh, you know, that Miami's winning this series, he said. He said Jimmy Butler said it. They have unfinished business. They should have been here last year, and they should have won it, and they didn't, and they came up short, and they yep. got unfinished business. And so and far, they took he's... out the Bucks in five games. They <laughs> took out the Knicks in six games, and they mopped Boston off their off their home floor in in Game Seven. Mm-hmm. Which and, and that and that series and that and that series and... was closer to a sweep than it was the Celtics winning. Yes. That that sh- that should have been a sweep. So I mean, listen if if the Miami if the Miami Heat win this championship, and they beat the one seed in both the East and the West respectively, they beat the two seed in the East, and I think the Knicks were what the four seed. Uh, the four or the five. The five. The four or the five. But they were a heavily the favored might, five. The Cavs might have been the. I think the Cavs. I think the Knicks were the four. The Knicks were the four. So. They beat two ones, a two, and a four en route to a title. I mean, we got to start talking about this team as being one of the all-time great runs. I mean, this has to be one of the all-time yeah. greatest runs. The eighth seed, the first playing team to ever do it. I mean, um, they're already in the finals, which they're the first playing team, eight seed, to make it to the finals since, I mean, I think an eight seed made it in what, like 70-something? I want to say it was 98. Oh, it was 90. You're right. It was re- more recent than that. I want to say it was ninety-eight. Don't hey, quote me on that, though. Yeah, I'd but, have to um, go back and look it up. I, I know what you. I know what you. It's definitely a long time, though, to say the least. It's been a minute. Yeah. So, but definitely the first. I mean, let's and let's be real. The Miami Heat, their their season was. They were three minutes yeah, away from missing no, the right, play-in. Yeah, they're not no regular eighth seed. I was actually asking myself the other day, what if what if Miami wins that first play-in game and they get the seven? They play Boston the first round. Then the Bucks get the Hawks. Maybe Giannis doesn't get hurt. Bucks probably handle the Hawks. Mm. It's a whole different. Right, we're talking you know? about a whole different fucking, whole different playoff. That's how it always works, though. But you know, the what if scenario? The what if scenario is always fantastic. But that's what we're here for. Yeah. That's and then sports Boston, radio. You know, and then you could go the other way for Boston. I mean, Boston in the first round, they're fresh. Maybe Boston wins that series in the first round versus, 
you know, the third round. Yeah. I don't know. I still want Dame. I'm I'm all out. I'm I'm off the Jalen Brown train. I like, can see that, and that would be huge. I don't give a shit. He's 33. I don't fucking care. Yeah. Would, so I mean, talking about the Lakers a little bit, Joe. Um, oh, we'll talk about the Lakers too. Yeah. Mm. So I don't know. I mean, personally, the Heat. I feel like they they're gonna be able to handle Denver, and they don't really have the size. So my question is for the Lakers: like, do you go out and get a Miles Turner and? get more size and add that to an Anthony Davis or I don't know. No, I'm, I think I'm you go get, sure. I think, I think you do the, we definitely I, need some guard play. The only move that needs to be made is they need to go get Kyrie and yeah. hope LeBron can keep his dog on a leash because, you know, and I don't, I don't want to kill D'Angelo Russell because he was great until the Western conference finals. Yep. But in the Western conference finals, he got exposed and it, it was a tremendous, tremendous void in that lineup with him over the only averaging what 6.9 points a game and he was a total liability on defense so if you can get Kyrie and keep his head on straight then you yeah. I think you I think you do that all day you know I, I think if Kyrie comes back to play with LeBron it's a totally different Kyrie than we saw in Brooklyn Boston right. and, now, and what you- we're seeing in Dallas how do you feel about this, Joe? How do you feel, say, moving a um, move Anthony Davis for Kyrie straight up? Salaries will be similar, and then you go out and you move like Mobamba and Beasley for a Miles Turner to get some size back. And he's more like a I want to no. say Turner's around like a twenty-five million year a guy. I think they need to keep AD. I think you keep AD. I know his his injury history is it makes it a, a that's a tough call to make because you don't know when he's gonna you know hurt himself again. I know inevitably. I just feel like he didn't give us enough points. You know, Bron's going out there scoring forty on a closeout game, and and what is everyone else doing? Like you're you, the next dude in line. Like, but to be I think he gave you a twenty in that game. To it's be like, to be fair, it's not enough. To be fair, that was the first like meh game. That he had all playoffs. Or at least of that series. Not all playoffs, because he definitely like had a couple minutes. He was such men. a seesaw. Like he had a good game, a bad game, a good game, a bad game. But he played he played three straight good games against Denver in the in 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 the games one through three. The fourth game was the only one where he really didn't show up or, or like I said, he was just kind of meh. He was there, but he wasn't, you know, his dominant self. So I'm not I'm not ready to move on from Anthony Davis unless it's like absolutely in the Lakers' favor to do so. I, I think, look, it, Durant, at the end of the day, if the Lakers have to run it back with this exact same squad next year, I'm okay with that. You know, this it's not like they it's not like they got blown out by Denver in the Western Conference and were absolutely dominated. They had a chance to win every single one of those games in the last minute. And they just didn't close it out. Denver did a better job closing it out. And I think they need a different point guard. I think, you know. Point guard is definitely the, the one position I think they can was, was just kind of a Band-Aid to get out of Westbrook. That's my honest opinion. And it was, and it was a good Band-Aid because D'Lo balled out. It was a good Band-Aid. For yeah. most of the, you know, for the, the second half of the season. Yes, and then the first. the moves were great. Uh, you know, I definitely like the moves. Um But I think, you know, D'Lo really just didn't show up in that Denver series. He didn't. And that's, you know, and like I said, I, I talked to one of my buddies today, 
And he's like, you know, he's like, everybody wants to blame D'Lo, and that's not fair because we were singing his praises when he was playing good, and then he has one bad series. And I'm like, yeah, I'm he, like, I think he is getting a bad deal. He is, he is, and but but that's the thing is, in the NBA playoffs, you've got to be consistent. You've got to yeah. show up every single night in the playoffs. There, are, you can't have nights off. You can't have bad games because if you do, yeah. you put yourself behind the eight ball, and it's game over. Yeah, you know, you I can do Miles that shit Turner in the regular would be season. A nice addition, you know, because then, you know, if, if you're planning to match up with Denver, you know, then then Miles Turner can kind of play that role and match up. And then that, you know, moves Anthony to the four. AD's going to, you know, beat Aaron Gordon all day long. I agree. I think that wouldn't, I would, I'd be okay with that move too. But I still think it doesn't, but that doesn't solve the point guard issue. Yep. And I think there's a very, 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 very easy answer to figuring out the point guard issue. And I know there are people that disagree, and there's a lot of people that don't like that don't like the idea of Kyrie Irving coming to L.A. because they're like, nope, he's going to torpedo this team. He's going to blow it up. I'm not even talking about Sean, who is one I'm of those so people. I'm so confident. But I, listen, the only man that can keep Kyrie on pet on on task is LeBron. I want Kyrie. I don't want Trey Young or I gotta find that dancing potato. I think I just want Kyrie. I mean listen, if they if they went and got Trey Young, I'd be okay with that too. But I just don't know how the salaries are gonna work. If you get Kyrie, I don't think you can keep Rui and Austin Reeds and all those other guys. You can. The the Lake according to Brian Winhorse, the Lakers can't afford to keep Austin Austin Reeves and get Kyrie. The GOAT Austin Reeves. So I think they keep Austin Reeves. I think they get Kyrie. I think they keep this team mostly intact and then they move it from there. Now, if that pans out. That's that that's remains one, to be seen. Yeah, I, because again, you're getting Kyrie. That's a that's a huge enigma right now. That's a big time question mark. Uh, I heard yeah. also you're signing a sideline reporter Nicholas Kerr. <laughs> well, yes, I guess Nick, Dallas Nick Kerr can will offer be him the most money because they have his bird rights. Right. They, so they can yeah offer they him a five year deal versus yeah, everyone else can offer a four. If, so he would leave essentially sixty ish million on the table. If he wants, if he wants to stay in Dallas, he can. That Dallas can give him the most money, but who's to say Dallas wants to keep him? I mean, it didn't really seem like yeah, Luca. That's what I'm saying. Luca really didn't value. seem too uh, Are they gonna... stoked on keeping Kyrie around. Right? Maybe recruiting LeBron is just a whole like part of the plan to say like, "Hey, I tried, but I'm gonna go play for the Lakers." Well, that's a hundred percent what it is. Yeah, I think that there's because, because there's no they way they gave up stuff for him. They gave up a decent amount for him. Yeah, and the and the Mavs have the Mavs can't. There's nothing the Mavs can offer the Lakers that would get LeBron to play with Luca and Kyrie. The Mavs don't that's have enough. I said, what are you gonna do? Offer LeBron for Luca? I'm like, no, they'll offer everybody but Luca. Right, like, like no, like that's it's just not gonna work. That the whole yeah. LeBron to Dallas thing, LeBron James. Like while I'm I'm sure Kyrie and his people floated that out there intentionally because they want it to be out there because this is part of their this is part of Kyrie getting to LA. This is part of the plan to get him yep. out of, of Dallas. There's zero chance LeBron ends up in Dallas. Why would LeBron where his whole his whole life, his whole existence is in LA? He, you know, he's got all of his his studios, his production company. Uh, he, you know, Bronny is going to be playing at uh, USC in, you know, in the fall. You know, he yeah. moved out there for a reason. Why would he all of a sudden pick up and go to Dallas? 
No, that's a fair point. It doesn't. Even, it, it makes it makes absolutely no sense. And LeBron ultimately has control over that because he has the no trade clause. So I I, I told you yeah. my theory. I think Kyrie goes to the Lakers. I think Kyrie starts all his crazy shit, and he's like, you know, L.A. historically hates black people. Starts his whole drama about making everything about <laughs> makes everything about Stop Kyrie. It. Wait, that sounds crazy. What? <laughs> I I lived it. So um, <laughs> fucking. <laughs> so fucking, and then. While he's doing all that shit, LeBron's in the background fucking doing like like dance moves just to get out of the limelight. <laughs> and then at the end of next season, he's like, you know what, everybody? I'm out. And he goes to play with his son like uh, two years from now, wherever the son gets drafted. I'm telling you, I think it's all a ploy. LeBron's like, yeah, sure, I'll play with Kyrie one year because I'm going to use this motherfucker to blow my way out of town and say it's Kyrie's fault why I'm leaving L.A. because he's a psychopath. Kyrie, I mean, yeah. Kyrie, Kyrie goes into every town. He's like, oh, I don't have any weapons. Everything's good. I love it here. Six weeks later, he's like an old-time cowboy coming in, like, drawing at people, like, shooting like shooting guns and burning bridges immediately. <laughs> like, why the fuck does he want to leave Dallas? Dallas did nothing to him, and he's like, I don't know about this city. Because it's, like, it's not going to work. Because it's not going to work in Dallas. He says it about every place he's ever been. He's like, it ain't going to work here. Yeah, like, Where's it going to work? You know, after he ran LeBron out of town. It ain't going to work in Cleveland. He's like, and I think that was his. I think that was the 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 final straw, the the last mistake that he made, because he's even come out and said as much. He said, "I never, I should have sucked it up and been Batman to Rob, uh, Robin to Batman, and not tried to be my own guy." He goes, "I had it, we had it so good, and I fucked it up." He, oh my god! His self awareness on that was actually uncanny and and very out of character for him. But he but says it was, that shit a lot. He said it about the Celtics, too, when he was in Brooklyn. He's like, oh, those kids were good. You know, they'll be great someday. I wish it would have worked out. He always goes back and tries to play like, oh, like, like maybe I made a mistake. But not really. I'm Kyrie. I didn't make no mistakes. He pulls that bullshit. And then he goes to Brooklyn. And then he's like, well, I never got healthy. And then the COVID stuff. And then I didn't want the vaccine. And the league hates my guts. So we never got to play together. It's like, bro, you could have been back a long time, too. And you just chose I mean, Kyrie to. was a hero for that. What? For, the- for not taking the vaccine and being like, fuck you. Yeah, no, he yeah, absolutely. straight up did not want to take it. That's fine. Smart man. Ended yeah. up being proven right over the course of time. Um, but and then he goes back to, he's like, yeah, you know, there's plenty of times he could have played more with, with, with Durant, and he just didn't. He was like, yeah, whatever. I don't give a shit. It's, it's so all, what do you think about uh, Phoenix possibly getting uh, James Harden? <laughs> Are you for real? I would die. They, I, might, they might swap that out for Chris Paul. And, uh, oh, that's a downgrade. I don't know. Oh, Chris, Chris Paul's been pretty hurt. Chris Paul's well, been banged up and he's old. At least Harden can still produce. At least Chris, Chris Paul not, cares. Chris Paul's not scoring anymore either. He's scoring no. very low points. But I mean, least, they're both born losers, so whatever. 100% right. But I think but James Harden's a greedy bitch. Like, if, if Chris Paul's not, not shooting the ball as much, that's better for the younger guys in the team, to, like, like, like Book and everything like that, who could take more shots. Like, I'm, I'm fine with that. You're going to take in... Yeah, but at this point of his career, like he's more facilitating, and he's proved he can do that. So if he can do that to Kevin Durant and Booker, I mean, could oh, be that's right, good. Durant is still there. Shit, yeah, I forgot about that. Man, don't fucking put Harden with Durant again. <laughs> Poor Durant. Durant's just like, give me the fuck away from this. They just fat signed bitch. Frank Vogel as the coach. <laughs> I don't know. Frank Vogel and Jay—he shares a lot in uh, common with Jay Moynihan. They'll stab you in the face. Mm-hmm. They won't I, even wait till your back's turned. They'll just stab you. I don't understand 
Poor, poor Durant. I think Durant has tried his entire career to get away from Westbrook and Harden, and they always end up somewhere like floating back to him, like, ah, we're back, Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma Thunder, let's go. <laughs> and he's like, God damn it, guys. The one time I got away from you, I won two championships. Just get the fuck away from me. It's true, he did. But is what it be. Um, actually, before Durant, you go, I have an Oakland, oh, God damn it, I have a Las Vegas Raiders question for you. I noticed that Josh McDaniels gave the green dot to um, Divine, Divine Diablo. Diablo, yes, I saw that today. What the fuck? Is, is he a rookie? Who is he? Uh, he's, a, I want to say, a second or a third year guy. He's been a little injured, but... Is he safety or is he linebacker? Is he hybrid? He's a linebacker. He's a linebacker? Because I saw yeah, his so numbers. He'll be either he's, outside or, or middle linebacker. He's a little small, isn't he? Isn't he like 215 pounds? Um, I'm not sure on that, to be honest. Because I thought I thought whenever when he came out of college, I thought he was a, like a big ass safety, and I was like, hmm. And then I saw today, and it was like Josh McDaniels loves this kid. He's giving him the green dot, and I'm like, what? Like that came out of like fucking nowhere. Joey, you looking it up? Yeah, actually, I have a uh, Raiders report on YouTube right now. Uh, I guess Chandler Jones is down to 250, where he played at 260, 265 last year. So. Yeah, but but these guys gained like a shit ton of weight during the season. 6'3", 225. Oh, he's up 10 pounds. But he, but he's he was drafted as a like almost like a safety when he came out. I was gonna say that's just that's either a really big safety or a really small linebacker. That's that's the new mold anyway. All these he's big like a, safeties. He's like a like a Sua Cravens. Yeah, yeah, okay. Wow, good throwback to USC, Sua Cravens. He didn't work out, but uh, still a good throwback. Um, but yeah, I saw that today, and I was very blown away by that. I was like, wow, I did never, never, never expected him to give it to like like a no-name guy like that. Either A, he's incredibly I football mean, savvy. Else, I mean, who else is – I mean, it's it's usually like – it's usually the middle linebacker that, that gets it. Or it's the safety that gets it, yeah, generally. So that's why I wondered if he was like a safety yeah, or a linebacker. depends on who the, the veteran guy that the D.C. trusts the but most. But he's not. He's a third-year guy, and he I hasn't know. really played much. It's kind of crazy. Well, I mean, that can change before day one, you know? Sure, of course. A lot's going to change between now and September. Absolutely. So, anyway, Durant, thanks for the call, bud. We'll, uh, I'll see you on duty in a little bit. Yeah, no doubt. And, yeah, like I said, uh, I've changed my tune. I think I think the Heat are going to get this done, man. It's going to be incredible. I mean, it would be. If the Heat pull this off, it will be one of the greatest feats I've seen in a long time. So, I mean, I'm not rooting for it because I am rooting for the Nuggies. But... I'm I'm neutral, honestly. I'm okay with either or. I mean, listen. If Miami wins, I'm not going to be upset about it. I just I I want I want Denver to get a championship. I really do. Yeah, fair I, enough. I like that. I like that organization. I like that team. The only thing I wish they would do is go back to like the mellow era, like the white silky jerseys with the powder blue, with the extra oh, long shorts. Dude, those fucking yeah. those uniforms. I kind of want so the sick. team that beat the Lakers to lose, just so I know that they're beatable. Going into next year, I mean, I know they're beatable. We we lost we lost four games by a cumulative total of twenty four points, and one of those games was an eleven point loss. So I'm not I'm not worried about like I'm not like I said the, it's not like the uh, the Nuggets came out and dominated the shit out of the Lakers. The Lakers had a chance to win every single one of those games except I think game three or game two, uh, whatever the eleven point loss was. Uh, they had a, they had a chance to win every single one of those games in the final minute. So. Yeah. It is what it is. You know, the Lakers were there. They were close. But, you know, what do you, what do you expect? They put that team together in, you know, late February, early March. Well, the Lakers will get it done, brother. 
They're going to make all the boss moves for LeBron James, and he's going to come bring home Title Five. They always do. That's why I love the Lakers. They're going to they're gonna start doing it fast, though, because LeBron, all right, but before Durant goes, LeBron realistically has how many more years left in the league? The Lakers have so much more hope than Boston. No, no, it's, no. It's I'm not, awesome. I didn't. I didn't say that. I said just LeBron. That's I don't, what I'm, I'm saying. Yeah, I know. That's yeah, fine. they they definitely do. I, I don't. I don't care about how that many. How, how much longer do you think LeBron has as a primary player? Yeah, it was like two, three years. It doesn't matter. The guy performs. No. The guy is unbelievable. Even at his age, it's. I know. I'm just. I'm realistically saying, like, I'm not trying to shit on the Lakers. I'm not saying the the, the Celtics have longevity. I don't give a fuck about the Celtics right now. Um. Like realistically, is LeBron going to play till like forty, forty two, or is he I think play the like- Lakers. I think the Lakers have. I think next year is going to be the last year that LeBron is going to be a primary like contributor on the Lakers. I think after next year, then you have to start looking at LeBron as maybe like taking kind of like a not a back seat, but being more of like a you know. 25 to 35 minute a game kind of guy not a 40 to 45 minute game kind of guy and he's gonna have to start taking a little bit less uh you know lesser of a role and someone else is gonna have to step up and fill those shoes Hmm. because i mean listen father time is undefeated so it was supposed to be ad and it just just hasn't and it won't ever be it won't ever ever be no that's why i think they need to go all in for this year and get whatever they gotta do do whatever they gotta do to get this team in a position to win it because like i said irving would be unbelievable i think this is i think the 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 window for lebron in la is closing we got one title i expected two a minimum of two all right so we're already behind schedule on that and you know i'm just saying i i think you know, the first year in L.A. was yeah. was a total disaster. You know, LeBron was hurt for the first time in his career. The right. second he signed with the Lakers with nobody, and they had all the young kids, Lonzo Ball, yeah, and Ingram. And yeah, we had we had we had LeBronzo out there. You know what I mean? That was that combination. And then wow. they 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 slowly built the team up, and then they finally they get you know they got the title in the bubble, which you know some people Paul cough cough would would say is not a, a worthy title. No, but, he rescinded that now. But they you know they they were there the next year. I mean, they had the Suns down two one. And then AD and LeBron both get hurt. The second best player gets hurt. It was unfortunate. Yeah, and then both LeBron and AD get hurt in that series. So it's like, all right. And then, you know, last year was just a complete fucking utter disaster. This year they they figured it out. But, you know, this team had only been together since, what, late February? You know, know that's happened to LeBron so many times in playoff runs, man. Like, Like it's his second or third best player gets hurt. Like you go back to the Cavs days when Kevin Love got hurt in the Boston series mm-hmm. and Kyrie got hurt in the finals. And well, how about um, when how about when Bosch and Wade got hurt? With, uh, you know, some of his uh, co-teammates. Bosch and Wade both got hurt in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals against Boston that year, and LeBron just said "fuck it" and put the team on his back. <laughs> Game six, yep. absolutely fucking dominated. So. I mean, listen. I think I think we got one more good year, quality, good quality year out of LeBron, and they got to make it happen this year. If you know, if we're gonna have LeBron as a centerpiece on this team, after that, after next year, like this time next year, when we're talking about whatever the results I mean, of the Lakers season are. Deal. I mean, you get the right team in place, you win it all. I mean, you run that shit back, and at forty years old, you go for ring six. Like you and, said, he's chasing. He's chasing the ghost in Chicago. I would love to see it, but. He's we'll got to get six. He it would be it would go a long way towards uh, establishing 
the uh, or or finalizing the argument for his. Status. He knows it's right there. It's right there at his fingertips. But it's a lot harder to do than we really give it credit. So. Fair enough. Is what it is, brother. Right, brother. We'll talk I'll to you, you next week. Call of Duty later. Thanks for the call, Adios. boys. Of course. Later. All right, Durant. Later. 774-992-8702 is the phone number. We're gonna couple, we got a couple more things to cover here before we get out of here tonight. Thank you for the call, Durant. We appreciate it, as always. Uh, you know, we covered a lot in that conversation. We started off with the live golf thing, and then we kind of transitioned hard, you know, quickly to basketball. Mm-hmm. Just to cover the whole LeBron to Dallas thing, just to reiterate one more time, that's not happening. No, of LeBron not. is not going to Dallas. That was floated out there by Kyrie and his people yeah, as basically. I'm uh, sure Mark Cuban would love it as a double middle finger to the Mavs, saying, "I'm not staying here." No shit. Because he's gonna say, "Well, you can't get me LeBron. Guess I got to go to L.A. Then might as well let's trade me now." Oh, see, see you guys. Uh, so I think that's more likely than anything else. Uh, but you know. To, to your question, Sean, I mean, how many more? How long? How much longer do we really have with LeBron? I mean, we saw him play all but what sixteen seconds of Game Four in the Western Conference Finals, mm-hmm. and he basically finished with a forty-point triple double. You know what I mean? Like the but, guy still got it, but he's absolutely and he and he was playing with one on you know basically one good leg. You know, he is he was he had a borderline torn Achilles in the other leg, which a lot of people didn't know about, didn't you know, hadn't read about, had no idea what was going on. Listen, if you give LeBron an offseason to get healthy, get right, and you put a team around him, I mean and, and it's not gonna be like, you know, you can't just go out and say, All right, here's Anderson Verajao, you know, big Z and Mo Williams, like that's fifteen years ago. Yeah, already. we it can't be that. No, like he's he's going to need some top shelf talent around him, and they're going to have to perform well because he's not he's not the kind of guy that can go out and just put the team on his back forty eight minutes a night every single night and just continue to just mow it down. No, that's not fair to him. It's not fair to LeBron. So, and you know, people hold him to a different standard. For some reason, even, nope. even though even though they tried, they they're like, oh, he'll never be Jordan. But I'm gonna hold him to a higher standard than Jordan. And you're like, huh? How does that work? But Jordan, don't forget, Jordan at LeBron's age was a, a shell of himself. Like he wasn't yeah. where the player LeBron is. LeBron yeah. is like in phenomenal shape. I just think people are too people are too used to the fact that players are playing longer. And so they expect the players not only to play longer, but play at the high level of their primes longer, which is which is unrealistic. Which is unrealistic. The playing at the high level of their prime is the unrealistic part, because just as you age, I mean, just your hand-eye coordination slows down. You know, like it gets. You know, there's a reason why there's no 38 year old, uh, you know, top tier first person shooter, you know, video game players. You know what I mean? No. Those kids are all. 15, 16, 17 years old, 18 years old. They're all like under 21 for the most part because your hand-eye coordination at that age is far superior than somebody like at my age. Joey, I I, I saw a perfect video. I think it was TikTok or it was YouTube Reels or some shit like that. I should have sent it to you. It was a kid, and it's it's his video stream, and he's on Twitch or whatever like that. And he's like twenty three, and he whoops the whole other team, and he's like, yeah, bitch. At the end of the match, he's like, yeah, bitch, fuck you, blah, blah, blah. And the guy comes on. Probably our age, a little bit older, was like, man. He goes, I can't. I don't think I can do this anymore. He goes, good on you, kid. And he goes, he goes. Uh, he said he said he was thirty nine. I'm, I'm glad you said that. And the kid was like, after the guy signs up, the guy's like, hey, good luck. Like, like uh, enjoy it. Like, take care. And the guy signs off, and the kid was like, damn. Like, 
Like it hit him. Like and you saw it hit him in real time. And he was like, like it wasn't about talking shit. It wasn't about beating him. He was just like he heard the guy on the other line being like, ah, I'm too old for this now. Like I'm not. I'm not as good as I used to be. Yeah. And even it was just a guy playing games, and the kid was like, "Oh shit!" Like that man was just like retiring in front of me. Like it happens, dude. Yeah, like, it, but it, it, was it comes crazy. a point where like all of a sudden you can't do the same things you used to, and you're not as quick to the punch. You're not. You're you're a little slower to the punch. You're 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 just. It happens, you know, and it, it, it comes with age and aging, and it, it. Some of us fall off a little quicker with you know things like you know specific things like you know you might you might notice. Like I definitely noticed, I'm not as good at Call of Duty as uh, now as I was ten years ago. Mm-hmm. And you know, obviously, ten years ago, I probably spent a lot more time doing it. But I spent a lot more time doing it because I was better at it. Now I'm like, yeah, I'm just okay with this. Uh, it's something fun to do at night while I'm like, you know, like doing like I got nothing to do and I want to do and I want to you know play some video games. It's still a good thing to do, but I'm not like going out and dropping you know fucking forty and six games like I used to. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm more like a like I'm like a you know a good game for me is like 28 and 10. You know, where I'm like, ooh, okay, had a, had myself a good one, and not for nothing, but like I don't take time to learn the maps, learn the game like I used to. Who we don't have that. I just kind don't of care. Like, I just don't care. That too. I'd rather spend my time i racing. You know what I mean? Like so. Some of the shit you post with i racing is fucking hilarious. <laughs> like you posted what was that two weeks ago, and you're like, well, and yeah. I just goes flying. And that was, was me. Like, that was me that went flying. I know. Yeah, that's and why I thought it was fucking hilarious. First lap of the race, I'm like, Jesus Christ! I'm like, because in that, so it was funny because in that situation, we were, I was racing the uh, cup cars at Charlotte, mm-hmm. and if you ever race at Charlotte, you know, like it takes, or in any cup race for that matter, it takes like two or three laps for your tires to heat up and really start to grip. Sure. So the first lap is always an adventure because the whole pack is tightly, you know, tightly packed. Everybody's running real close, and there's really no margin for error. And now I'm racing A class, so you expect everybody to kind of be a little bit better than you know it is in like the rookie class mm-hmm. but you also get a bunch of meatheads who are all trying to win the race on the first lap of the race and you know basically what happened was i made a mistake i got i got loose in turn four and i had to back way out of the gas i had to check up and i had to slow down because i otherwise i was going to loot my car and cause a huge pileup, which ended up happening anyway but the reason why it happened was because i checked up nobody gave me any room and you got guys who are in like 14th place Trying to go 14th to first on the first lap, and this kid makes it three wide, knocks me into the other, and then all of a sudden all hell breaks loose. I'm like, guys, it's lap one. <laughs> like, whoa up a minute. Like, you gotta understand, we're on cold tires. Cars are gonna fuck up. Like, things are gonna go a little shifty. Nope. You should be ready for that. Why are you trying to make it three wide on this narrow ass front stretch? How many laps do you usually run in the game? That that particular race was fifty laps. Yeah, so okay. You're talking about how long is that? Like twenty minutes? Not even. No, it's uh, at yeah. With cautions, you're probably looking at 45 minutes. <laughs> oh my God! Really? Yeah. Holy shit! 40, I'd say 40 to 45 minutes because uh, a fast lap at Charlotte, a hot lap, like qualifying lap, you're gonna run about a 30 second lap. But your tires go away pretty quick, so those lap times start turning into 32, 33 second laps. Mm-hmm. Then you get cautions, pit stops, all that kind of stuff mixed in. And even if you have a long green flag run, you're still looking at a good, you know, 35, 40 minute race. Jesus Christ. So it's a little bit tougher, but everybody's trying to win it. You know, people are just trying to win from from the back on lap one. And it's like, guys, calm down. There's no need for that. Like, mm-hmm. just just woe up. Like, understand that 
Listen, I'll, I'll gladly pull up to the high side and let you pass me on the inside if you really want the place that bad. You know, if you want to go from 13th to 12th, hey, man, you want it that bad, it's all you. You're on a mission, you're going to the front, you know, Godspeed. I know my, the type of race I'm going to run. It's a 50-lap race. And that's the thing with NASCAR is people forget NASCAR is an endurance race. It's, an, it's, it, it's, it's about mental focus and your equipment being able to hold up for 500 miles. Yes. You know, it's not like, you know, Formula One where they're like, okay, you got two hours. Once the green flag drops, you got two hours and whatever, two and a half hours to finish this race. Mm-hmm. So if there's a red flag, that clock still stays ticking. So if there's like a major red flag in the middle of the race on lap 12 of a Formula One race, say they're supposed to go 68 laps, right? Okay. And lap 12 there's a major red flag that lasts an hour and a half. Okay, you've got an hour to finish those last laps. And at, when, when that clock hits zero, they're like, the next flag is the white flag. So no matter where you are, it's like, yeah, but there's still 15 laps to go. It's like, nope. The clock says there's one. There's, there's one. So it's, it's, a, it's a lot different. NASCAR is an endurance style of racing. You right. know, It's meant to go 500 miles. It's meant to go the distance. It's meant to put the maximum amount of stress and fatigue on your equipment and on the, on the driver. You know, not saying Formula One doesn't do that, because, but it just it, it does it in a different way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like the same thing with drag racing, right? A drag, the NHRA, fin- uh, NHRA was up in, uh, up in New Hampshire this weekend, and had the weather been nicer, I would have gone up, but I was afraid of going up there and it getting rained out. Yeah, waste of your time. I but know. I'm watching, you know, you watch top fuel dragsters running 330-mile-an-hour quarter-mile passes, you know, with 15,000 horsepower. You're like, that's pretty cool. That's a shitload of stress. You know, and the driver, all they really got to, I mean, not all they got to do, they got to be able to nail the gas at the, at, you know, when the light turns green because your reaction time to that light is everything. And then you got to make sure you don't break loose halfway, you know, mid, you know, quarter track, mid track, whatever, and be able to handle that amount of horsepower at 250, 260, 270 miles an hour. So it's a whole different type of racing. So it's just funny. But like I racing is the shit, dude. I love it. Like it's. Probably the my favorite video game I've played in the last since Halo Three. That's I haven't enjoyed a video game this much since Halo Three. That's awesome. And I mean, I'll probably right after we're done here, like it's Dega Week and Carb Cup rookie class, so I'll go fuck with the rookies. I mean, I, you get wrecked all the time, but I it's think so it's fun. because of you. Like I watch your videos, and now it comes up on like my like you may like this, and I'm like I don't fuck. Like I've never searched this in my life. All of a sudden, the video yeah. comes up of like people and just and I and a lot of I'm not saying it's you and a lot of people I hear that southern draw. They're like, man, you don't want to know. And I'm just like laughing, yep. like I can't fucking believe this. You get, it's stereotypical. It, trust me, NASCAR is a highly regional sport. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, south of the Mason-Dixon line, NASCAR short track racing, dirt racing, especially like you get down, you you definitely get down, but uh, down down south, and it it takes over. It takes over. I mean, this week, this past week, uh, was uh, was the uh, Illinois 300, or whatever at WeatherTech Speedway, uh, which yeah, your boy called it again. Picked another winner this week. Yeah, you did. Yeah, picked you, another winner. Like eighty five bucks. Oh like uh, yeah, I bet, I bet. So basically, my my what I'm trying to do with with FanDuel, my I've I've re go back to kind of uh, right I've revamped my approach mm-hmm. to how I'm going to do betting from now on. Okay. As a, I'm not going for like the five, six, seven leg parlays. I'm going to nickel and dime the shit out of these bets. Okay. You know, 10 bucks here, 10 bucks there. You know, I'm only going to win. I'm not looking to cash it all in on one bet until I build up a nice little bank 
and then I can go throw like 500 bucks on somebody to win Daytona in August. Bang. And if that hits, that's a fucking, that's a big payday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. But I'm not going to go and like throw 100 bucks on Kyle Busch, even though I felt like Kyle Busch. I basically, I, I bet usually three drivers on Sundays. I'll spend 30 bucks. I'll get I'll I'll bet two guys who I think have a really good chance of winning, mm-hmm. and then I'll bet one guy with like mid range odds. You know that plus thirty five hundred to plus five thousand. Okay. You know the Cinderella story where it just it it can happen. It does happen, but it's not likely. But it's only ten bucks, so who cares? But so like I took uh, I I think I put money on Corey LaJoy to win because he was driving Chase Elliott's car mm-hmm. on Sunday. So. Anybody who knows NASCAR knows that Hendrick has phenomenal equipment. Yep. They've got great cars, great pit, great pit crews. You know, everything is, they got great talent in the garage. They know how to find, they they can take the same car you can and find more speed out of it just based on, you know, adjusting the car. Okay. For simple, simplistic terms, terms. for people yes. who don't follow yeah, NASCAR. Of course, of course. So Hendrick is that team. So Corey LaJoy got called up because Chase Elliott got suspended for wrecking Denny Hamlin two weeks ago at Charlotte, which was hilarious. Um, he got suspended, so they called up Corey LaJoy, who's been racing for his own team uh, these last couple of weeks. Don't I won't even get into how all that works, but whatever. He Corey LaJoy has been racing on the circuit all year. Mm-hmm. Hendrick called him, asked him if he wanted to fill in for Chase Elliott, and he was like, absolutely. Because that's 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 royalty. That's as good as it gets in NASCAR. So I bet ten bucks on Corey LaJoy because I think he was like plus fifty five hundred or plus seventy five hundred, whatever it was. Like so I'm like ten bucks. I'm like that's seven hundred and fifty bucks if I win it. Right. If he comes through and wins, like let's just say hypothetically he gets it. You know this kid can really drive, and all he's needed was the equipment and the car, mm-hmm. and then he gets in the better car and he drives it to a win, and you're like. Son of a bitch, should have seen that coming. You know, so I always take like one guy with long odds and then two guys that I think are going to win. Usually I alternate between Will, uh, Slick Willie Byron, who's won me a bunch of money so far this year, and Kyle Larson, who is without a doubt the best race car driver on the planet right now. And like, you know, like Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin, Joey Logano, those guys, even gotcha, though Logano's gotcha. not having a great year. But like you pick and choose with the tracks. Like, you yeah, know, you kind of yeah. know like where certain guys are going to be good. Like when they go to Sonoma, you know, Daniel Suarez is going to be a favorite because he's a great, you know, he's a great road track. That's, racer. that's crazy how like certain tracks guys like kill it. Yeah. I mean, the, like Bubba Wallace, for example, he's good at Talladega, Daytona, Atlanta, the super speedways, mm-hmm. you know, the big tracks where. You know, tires don't necessarily matter. Handling doesn't necessarily matter. All you got to do is drive the car and pick your spots and be up front. Bubba's great at those tracks. He really is. And uh, you know me, I'm not a Bubba fan. fan No, not in the slightest. But he knows how to drive at those certain tracks. I mean, he's won at Kentucky, which, again, is another big track. But Kentucky's one of those ones where, like, you know, tires really don't really, you know, they don't come into play. It's not a big, like, handling track. You're just kind of like, okay. Go out there and get the speed and, and and run fast. Right. Bubba can do that. Bubba can drive fast anywhere. Hell yeah. Okay. But being able to drive fast for five hundred miles and be there at the end, that's a whole different that's a whole different story. That's why he's not as successful as some of these other guys. The guys that can do it over time, like a guy like a Kyle Bush, Kyle Larson, uh, you know, Chase Elliott is another one that's 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 really good. Denny Hamlin is really good. 
there, there are certain guys that excel on certain tracks more than others. Mm-hmm. So like Daniel Suarez, Eric Elmarola, those guys grew up racing road tracks. So when you go to a road course, those are the two guys that you're looking at and you're saying like, all right, like these guys are probably going to be here at the end. Mm-hmm. You know, Juan Pablo Montoya came from, he had a Formula One background. He would kill it at the road tracks. You know, you do have some NASCAR guys like Kyle Larson's going to be really good at these tracks. Ross Chastain's been really good at them. Uh, you know, I'm trying to think of uh, who else has been, you know, solid. Brad Keselowski solid on road tracks. Um, there's there's a bunch of other guys that are solid on them, but nobody that like you know. But there are guys that kind of specialize in them. And you know, Boris said is a name from probably like ten years ago. He was a guy that was a road track specialist. He would come in and fill in like twice a year at road tracks and NASCAR teams. Never really did anything, but that was his. That was what he did. He was a road track specialist. Gotcha. You know, because road tracks, you gotta be able, to, you gotta know where and when to shift, where, how much to brake. You gotta be able to save your brakes, save your transmission, save your engine, save your tires. It's a totally, it's the whole package. Road, yeah, see, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know any of that shit. I would just be like, ah, road tracks, road tracks are are tricky. Like I'm just starting to like get into road track stuff now and i racing mm-hmm. and they say like oh start slow like so you know there's a for example like there's a miata cup yeah so you drive literally fucking mazda miatas and it just you drive them around these same tracks that you would drive you know any other cars on mm-hmm. but you drive them slower so it's easier to handle so you kind of get to know the course because to drive a road track fast you basically got to be able to drive it with your eyes closed you can't look at a corner and be like, okay, like I'm coming into this corner at 160 miles an hour. How much do I need to break and what gear do I need to be in? Like you need to know that before you get there. So if you don't know the course, you're cooked, which is why the Formula One guys can basically drive all those courses with their eyes closed. They, they know like, all right, yep, left, left this many degrees, this gear, 300 meters, downshift twice, break this much turn this much like they can run them literally with their eyes closed gotcha now gotcha. obviously the variable of real life yeah they need to run it they you know that's why mistakes happen but um it's it's a fascinating dynamic between oval racing and 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 road course racing mm-hmm. and the guys that can do both well are you know those are your Kyle Larson's your your Brad Keselowski's your yeah, Chase those, Elliott's. those are your elite drivers those are your guys those are like the, those are athletes. those are like the top fifty drivers in yeah. the world like you got twenty guys in Formula One right now twenty that's it twenty and I could stick you in a Formula One car right now mm-hmm. on my simulator and I'd be shocked if you could get it off pit road no I would be fucked you you'd, you'd reckon I'm not, on, I'm not even gonna lie you'd reckon on pit road most people would because yeah. most people don't understand how a car works I mean not for nothing. I've wrecked it on pit road before because, you know, I get a couple of drinks to me and I get mad because I'm like, oh, I just want to get me back out on the track. And I'm like, dumbass. <laughs> the guy doesn't blow up, but no. you know, I, I know what you mean. But yeah, so it happens. But uh, but as far as betting goes, uh, my, my strategy now is to nickel and dime the shit out of FanDuel. So if anybody's got any suggestions, uh, feel free to, you know, send us a message or, or post it on the Row One Seat One page. For betting advice, because I'm I'm not looking to cash in big, not yet. I want to build up a nice bank in my FanDuel account. Like I want to get like a grand to fifteen hundred in there. Uh, just you know, 
20 bucks here, 40 bucks there, 100 bucks here, 50 bucks there, like small bets. Mm -hmm. But like things that are like easy, like, okay, like uh, I'll probably tomorrow night I'll bet on whatever. Like I'm sure there'll be a prop bet for how many like three pointers Jamal Murray will hit. And I'll put 10 bucks down on Jamal Murray to hit like, you know, over under four and a half, like four threes. I'll be like, all right, give me the over on that. You know, it might only make me like 20 or 30 bucks, but just keep stacking pennies. Yeah, yeah, keep, yeah, yeah. Keep stacking pennies. So them shits add up. If, if anybody wants a really, 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 that's why I jumped onto the bets really quick. FanDuel just put a, a, a random NFL bet for the season. Will any team go undefeated? You can do the picky, basically, yes or no. Um, so, yes, plus 1,060. No, minus 3,500. You know, you win in pennies, mm-hmm. but there's a good chance 17, no team goes 17 and 0 is good odds. Right. So, right, which is, and again, the, the odds thing is what's crazy. So, like this week, again, I picked, I picked two, I was two for two picking winners on Sunday. I didn't pick Indy because I didn't I didn't pay attention to it. I didn't watch it. I only picked the Indy 500. Uh, but I picked Formula One. I, I picked Verstappen to win, which was the easy, easy pick uh, to win it. The reason I didn't bet it is because he was minus 330. Okay. So I would have had to bet 100 bucks to win 30. Right. And not for nothing, but like in auto racing, that's a terrible bet because there's a lot of shit that can go wrong that's out of the driver's control. Of course it Mechanical can. failures, guys running into you, whatever it might be. Like, yeah, Verstappen's pretty much guaranteed to win it because that's how Formula One works. Mm-hmm. So instead, I took his teammate, Sergio Perez. I put 10 bucks on him. He was plus 3,500. Okay. So you got the second best car in the field starting basically in fifth place or sixth place. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll bet on him. Ended up finishing third, you know, but I should have placed him to get a podium instead of betting on him to win it. Yeah. But I'm thinking like, ah, maybe something happens if we're stepping, you know, something slips up or maybe there are races too where they'll, you know, like Perez will be leading and they'll tell Verstappen who's in second place with a faster car, like back off. Mm-hmm. He's, he's winning today, mm-hmm. which goes up that driver's ass sideways, but is what it be. It happens. It, it, it all comes down to the constructors championships, all this kind of crazy shit. It, it gets wild, but, uh, yeah, it's so that's that's my strategy for betting now. Is I'm just going to put like 10 bo- 10 dollar bets, like small bets down and just stack pennies and then I want to wait I want to see how much I can get my my account up to by August by the Daytona August race, the final race of the regular season mm-hmm. and I want to put like $500 down on like a plus 3500 car. Somebody with like long odds that just might might make me 20 grand. That's a great idea. Like I did with my Patriots bet. Like as soon as like the end of well, as soon as sports betting went went live in Massachusetts, I have that um, Patriots touchdown bet. Oh right, 50, yeah, fifty bucks to make five thousand. They have to score a touchdown every single game. I can't see them not. We'll find out. Not with that offense, but all right, we'll leave it there, Sean. Wait, you want to do the last? Uh, oh, we should do the baseball video. Right. End it on a funny note. Yes, let's do that. Uh, let's end this on a first time, note. first time, only time in baseball history. To most people's knowledge, this could have happened pre-recorded baseball history. Yes. But this is a hit by hit by ump. I guess I don't know how to how to describe a it. pitch hits the ump, which causes a walk off. Which ends up causing a walk-off because essentially it's a pass ball. 
Yes. Because the catcher didn't get it, but it deflects off the ump. Face. Off the ump's face and allow and the ball kicks in a direction that nobody saw. No and no one's getting to it by the time the kid crosses from third plate. So And plus everybody base. everybody's in shock. The catcher's in shock taking care of the umpire. The batter is just like, I don't know what the fuck to do. So it's just kind of chaos. You'll see it. It's only about 30 seconds. And then I love it cuts to the fan of the winning team, and he just has his hands on his head like, like doesn't understand what like, what's happened. What the fuck just happened? Yeah. Listen, no umpire signaled it. I mean, it's a pass ball. It's it's pretty. It's about as straightforward as straightforward I know, gets. But but none of the umpires. They all walked. Up, they all walked up the field to go see the, the the head umpire to make sure he's okay. Nobody called it. The scoreboard just puts up White Sox win, and everyone's like, "All right, I guess we won." Guess we win, which they did. But it was n- and they should have. I mean, technically, the game is still on because the umpire never called the game. True, but it was <laughs> the, the bottom of the inning and somebody scored, so it's like... I know, but it was just like a weird scenario where... What are they going to do? Be like... Play, play that again, how fast it happens. You, you, obviously, you're getting it right as he pitches it, hits him dead in the face. <laughs> I mean, right in the fucking... Like, square in the face. I mean, not for nothing. As a baseball umpire, I, I don't I don't feel bad for him. No, I don't feel bad at all. Baseball umpires are the fucking worst. What was it, a couple days ago? The guys was, was like the uh, like the ten year anniversary of uh, Galarraga losing out on his yes. perfect game to yes. to Jim Joyce's yes. shit call at first, and everybody's just like, literally, even the uh, the team that like what they called the guy saved the the other team was like, it wasn't you us. Didn't just do that. Like you just cost this man a perfect game. Like, are you kidding me? In history. One oh, that would have been like what the twenty first, I think, at the time, or twenty second perfect not game. Many. Yeah, it's not many men it, have done it. It ever. wasn't many. It was it was he was going to be like up there like forever. Romando Galarraga was that, am I saying that right? I think so. It, he was. Ah. And he's gone. He's like out of baseball. And yeah, he was. I mean, that was ten years ago. Yeah, I mean, he was like a fringe like three, four, five starter back then. Yep. Like just you know, having a day. Just had himself a day. It was against Oakland. Was it against Oakland? Probably. I can't remember. Oakland, who is moving to Vegas. Oh, baseball, yeah. And they're basically demolishing a bunch of uh, very popular Vegas hotels that are going under. Mm. Which is kind of sad. Like, it's like I know, I've never been to Vegas, but to hear like a lot of the old casinos and hotels are going under so they can demolish it to make like But a, that's what Vegas is. It's, yeah. It's all about out with the old and with the new. They're making like a SoFi type stadium, like the new LA stadium. It's like all waterfalls and shit like that. I mean, it's, rad. It'll look nice, but let's be real. Vegas fans don't fucking exist. They don't give a shit. No, there's no Vegas fans, but it becomes now it becomes Forest a destination. Fans. Yes. You know? Like I'm not like I don't give a shit. Like if the, like, let me put it this way. I want to go to Vegas to see a Broncos Raiders game. Like mm-hmm. I want to go to the I want to go Broncos Raiders Monday night in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Like that's my ideal. When that happens, like when that schedule scheduling falls Drops. in, yeah, uh, that year I'm gonna go to that game, or I'm gonna try to. Mm-hmm. If I wasn't, 
if I'm not a Raiders or if I wasn't a fan of the Broncos, right? Let's say I was a Patriots fan. Gross. Uh, and I'm going for a weekend trip to Vegas. I'm like, okay, well, let's get in Saturday. Sunday, we'll go to the Raiders game. Who cares who they're playing? Mm-hmm. Let's just go see the game. And then dick off Monday, Tuesday, come home Wednesday. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, perfect, done. And because it's a, it's a destination. Like, it doesn't matter who the Raiders are playing, but you can just go for the game because it's in Vegas. Yes. You're, you know, it's not like you're going to Green Bay and you're like, all right, I'm going to go see Lambeau Field. And it's like, cool, what else are you going to do after that? Like Nothing. I don't know, probably just going to park outside in the parking lot and stare at Lambeau Field because it's all there is to do in Green Bay. Maybe we'll eat some cheese. I don't know. You know, get some cheese curds. We'll kill a moose, a moose as we see Yeah, it. like, I mean, what else the fuck are you going to do? I have no idea. You know, so Vegas, I think a baseball team in Vegas would be fucking great. I mean, they got hockey. Mm-hmm. Who, I mean, I think the Vegas Knights, I think they won, what, 7 aren't nothing they, last aren't, night? Aren't they in the finals right now? Yeah, they're, they're playing the, the Panthers. Yeah. And they blew the Panthers out 7 nothing last night. Don't forget, a few years ago, Golden Knights were an expansion team that got all the way to the Stanley Cup and lost the Stanley Cup, but that was like the... And then didn't they win it the next year? No, they didn't win it at all. I think this, this is the first time trying to win it. They didn't make it back the next year. Hold on. They didn't win it? I thought they did win it. No. I mean, I pay so little attention to hockey. Yeah, no, it's you're you're beyond super casual. But I thought they won one. No, they made it, but they didn't win. Who who they who they lose to then? Because the whoever they lost to was a good story too. Then uh, they lost. It was 2018. Hold on, that was their expansion year. I know that top of my head. I'm just trying to find out who they played in 2018. Don't you just have NHL reference, Blake? I'm, no, I don't have a your save. Bookmark on your phone, bro? Yeah, fuck you. The Jeez, Flames? No. I'm trying. Internet is super fucking slow. Uh, They lost to the Capitals. That was uh, Ovechkin. Ovi, okay. So that was what it was. Yes. I knew it was a good story. Because wasn't that Ovi's first one? Yes, that was his first one after being in the league for like 17 years. Yeah. And he had no fucking teeth. Yeah, he he finally won one. Is he, is he out of the league now? I don't even know. I, mean, I have no fucking clue. All I know is, is that one kid who's like 24 years old who's like wicked dirty. Uh, don't know. Don't even. Couldn't even tell you what team he played for if I guessed it. I'd have to ask my buddy Drew. Sidney Crosby? No. He's a young. You know, Crosby's old now. Yeah, he's very old. Yeah. No, this is like young kid. He's like 24 years old and he's just absolutely filthy. I don't know. My buddy was showing me all his highlights at work one night and I was watching it and I'm like, whoa. I'm like, that kid's good. He's like, dude, this kid's going to be fucking amazing. He's, he's amazing. He's going to be great. Hmm. And I'm like, cool. And I completely forgot his name five minutes after I left. Uh, so, yeah, I have no idea who it is, but I can find out. I can find out. I had no clue. But Yeah, no, but apparently, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully for the Panthers' sake, they can win a game or two in that series. You know, I mean, Think about it, dude. To be a Miami sports fan right now, we don't get to say this very often. You got the Panthers in the Stanley Cup Finals, the Heat in the NBA Finals. The Dolphins are looking pretty good going into next year. Tua put on like 30 pounds. What the fuck? Yeah, him and Russ both bulked up this offseason. I don't know. I like it. Russ bulked up with like muscle. Tua looks like just fat. (laughs) That's okay. Whatever keeps him durable. Tua is like, you know what, guys? I've been eating and practicing falling. It's going to be a good year. I took the Jamarcus Russell way. He comes out looking like fucking Rikishi from WWE. It's like, it's like so who did you consult on your uh, for your diet? He's like, Pablo Sandoval. We're like, fuck! <laughs> He's like, but I train. I eat twice as much. I mean, 
What, what, what was the old? Um, can't go. It can't be bad. What was the old bodybuilding thing from like thirty years ago? Go mad. Remember what go mad stood for? No. Gallon of milk. Something every day. Gallon of milk a day. Gallon of milk a day. Go mad. No, I don't remember that. It, it used to be like that way. It was like so much calcium and like extra protein. It was supposed to like help. No, help I you remember. Bulk up and gain the only weight. thing I remember was uh, the only thing. Oh God! Imagine drinking a gallon of milk a day. Oh. Ugh. I mean, I love milk. You'll bulk up. Jesus. It's a lot of fucking fat. My only thing is, uh, my only thing I remember was uh, was C.T. Fletcher saying, there's no such thing as overtraining, only undersleeping and undereating. Yes. I was like, huh. C.T. fucking Fletcher, man. Fucking love. If DMX met Morgan Freeman, that's what C.T., that's the, only, the easiest way to describe Morgan uh, C.T. Fletcher. Have you seen Ronnie, speaking of lately, like bodybuilding? you seen yeah. Ronnie lately? He's banged up, dude. Banged up. Banged up. <laughs> He's like, um, but he knew though. If you if you actually oh, hear the story, sure. he knew twenty years ago he that that vertebrae that he had he had like set, like broken or whatever. He knew if he didn't get it fixed, he was going to need basically career ending surgery, bodybuilding wise, career ending surgery to to do it. Yep. And he was like, "Nope, I want to win seven to Mr. Olympia's or eight Mr. Olympia's, whatever it was." And he was like, "Fuck it, I'll deal with this when I'm older." Yep. And now he's dealing with it, and so he's just like, "Yep." We knew this was going to happen, and here we are. Yeah, now he's like a third of the size or like a quarter of the yeah, size he was. But of course he was. That makes all the sense in the world. Dude, he was what, five foot nine, three 330 pounds? Like, <laughs> I mean, still, I mean, I could watch Ronnie Coleman training videos for hours. Just screaming, ain't nothing but a peanut. <laughs> Throwing 45s on that, screaming, ain't nothing but a peanut. As you see guys like staring at him like, what do you mean nothing but a peanut? <laughs> all the long, woo! Fucking love Ronnie Coleman. Dude, I could watch Ronnie Coleman like that's like my hype video before I go to the gym. You know, like I watched uh I'm like I'll, I'll watch, you know, certain things at night and like I'll be like, dude, I can't wait to fucking lift tomorrow. Oh, when he would go shopping and he's like, "Oh, I need some new utensils." And he buys like the three pack of like the wooden gigantic like like scary yeah. things. And those were his <laughs> spoons and fork. I'm like, "What the fuck?" And he's like, he's like, "Yellow spoon's too small. This is going to eat me faster." And he used to just because he, he, he doesn't have time to use a small fork. He's like, I need to eat large large portions faster. Force feeding yourself is the worst, dude. Anybody who's ever bulked up, I did it once when I was like two. I think I was like two seventy five, two eighty, yeah, and yeah, I wanted yeah. to get well, the first time I ever wanted to get to three hundred. And I remember just like eating like seven thousand calories a day, like trying to do it clean. So I was doing like chicken breast, dry tuna, mm-hmm. like dude. It, every two hours, you're just like, ugh. Dude, it was the worst. It was the absolute fucking worst. I would rather cut than bulk any day of the of the week. I hate eating. I don't find eating enjoyable. I love eating. I don't. But I like eating things that are good because I want to eat them. Yeah. I don't want to just sit there and inhale, you know, Clean two, shit. two pounds worth of chicken breast because I have to. Yes. You know, that sucked. I was not thrilled. I got up the three. That was the first time I ever broke 300. I got the 301. And I remember like my lower back was going numb and like things were just like, I was like, oh boy. I was like, I'm carrying a lot of weight. And then I cut back down to like 285 and I was like, all right, this is more, more me. Mm. Now it's like, I'm, I've lost like 15 pounds. I'm down to like 310. Great. Yeah. Feel good. Are you trying to get under two, under three? Not necessarily. I'm not trying to cut weight. Yeah. I'm, I just am. Yeah. I just because I've ramped up my I've ramped up my training. So it's 
it's just kind of coming with the territory. I got gotcha. you. Plus, it's summer. Like today, dude, I walked two miles today in my backyard. Just, just working, working on my backyard. Oh, yeah. Mowing the lawn, weed whacking, fertilizing, cleaning up, like doing stuff. I looked at my watch. and It was like, you've been working out for 46 minutes. It was like 1.92 miles walked. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. It adds up quick. Yeah, apparently. So whatever. It is what it is. Uh, but we'll leave it there. We'll be back next Tuesday night, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. next Tuesday is June 13th. Damn, wow. Already. I know. We're flying through Holy it. We're shit. getting we'll uh we'll be t- we're going to take a break uh probably for a week or two. Uh coming up here in the next couple of weeks. We'll we'll keep you guys posted. Uh but we'll be back next Tuesday night, 8:30 p.m. I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about. We always do. The finals will still be uh still be going on, hopefully. Uh We got game 3 tomorrow night. Yeah, I, Yeah, we got I, game 3 tomorrow night. That's Wednesday. Game four Friday. is probably Saturday. Mm, not Friday. Friday night and it's then either Sunday. Either Friday or Saturday. I think it would be Friday night and then Sunday. Because you can't have Saturday, Sunday. And they usually try to get always a game in on Sunday night. You think they would squeeze it in that quick, though? I feel like they're spacing them out. I feel like it'd be like Saturday and Monday or Friday and Monday. I think. Well, Wednesday, space, I think Wednesday, Saturday. Oh, that's, a, that's a big gap, Wednesday to Saturday. Why don't we just look? It's the NBA. They, all, they make all kinds of fucked up schedules. All right, so it'll be, yeah, tomorrow night, Wednesday. Game four will be Friday. Game five, Monday. Wow, they're skipping a weekend game for the finals? Yeah, game six That's on a horrible Thursday. idea. And ga- if it goes to game seven, that'll be on Sunday. Man, how stupid is the NBA for skipping Sunday? I get you have to give these guys rest, but really, guys? I mean, what's going on on Sunday that they wouldn't be able to do it? Have a game. I don't get it. I don't get it. And you, you're going to lose a lot of viewers from Monday night because a lot of people during the week don't watch as late at night. Yeah. Sundays, you still get a lot of people watching. That's why football always takes advantage. Or at of least Sunday Saturday football. night. Like Wednesday, Friday? Makes no sense. You could do it You could do it Saturday and give them you can, more rest. You can do two days, Wednesday, Friday, but then you have to give three days for the weekend and skip like a lot of your viewing audience. And that's why the NBA just makes stupid decisions a lot of the times. And then they're going to complain. They're like, oh, well, the, the re- ratings are bad. The ratings are bad because it was Miami and Denver and nobody wanted to fucking watch it. No, it's because you fucking didn't have a game on the weekend. But for- on Monday, Wednesday, and Thursdays. So- yeah, like what the fuck is wrong with you? I don't know. I swear to God, man. Some of these places, they're their own worst enemies. But That's like the NFL flexing the Super Bowl to like Tuesday night. You'd be like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, right. like uh, you know what, guys? We can't actually do the Super Bowl on Sunday. I know everybody had major plans, so we're going to do it uh, Thursday night instead. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. Flex like, it. Like, oh, cool. I'm, I'm working Thursday night, so I guess I'll go fuck myself. <laughs> you know? And we're going to flex it to Thursday. It's going to be on Amazon Prime, too. Stupid. Exclusively. Fucking idiots. Anyway. All right. Well, uh, we'll be back next Tuesday night. Row one, seat one. Joey Fats Radio live right here on the one, the only, the new Bedford Guide. Thank you all for watching in. Make sure you give us a like and a follow. This will be up on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, this will be available uh, probably within about 35, 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll be up on our YouTube channel as well. So go ahead and give us a like and a follow on that. If you can, give us a subscribe on Spotify, Apple, whatever it is. Uh, I know you guys listen, but if you don't subscribe to the channel for some reason, it doesn't count. Listens don't matter to those platforms platforms only subscriptions do um doesn't cost you anything we're not going to spam you guys with anything like you're not getting any you know you're not going to get notifications from us or any of that bullshit uh, but once a week you might get like a little like blue you know circle on your bell on spotify that says like yeah, hey we posted a new episode uh, but other than that 
Uh, if you can go ahead and do that for us, it would be much appreciated. And uh, we will be back next Tuesday night for Mr. Betancourt, Plizzy, who could not be here tonight. I am Joey Fats, and we will talk to you next Tuesday night. Peace. Adios.